There was absolutely nothing pretty about the Saints' 20-17 victory over the Carolina Panthers, except the one thing that matters most, and that was beautiful to all hoodats everywhere. Again, the final score. The Saints are 2-0 for the first time in 10 years. What do I think about it? Well, obviously you care enough to come and listen, and we appreciate that. So I'll let you know. On Derry's Dime, coming up on Datitude, next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who have been waiting for me to say the following words. I was wrong. Yep, I said it yesterday on the Bayou Bet Show. I said if I was wrong, I would give some props to my friend Spencer, the guru, Urquhart, and there you go. I was wrong. I was wrong. You know, it's so weird. How can you be so wrong? Well, not so wrong. I mean, there's only wrong or right when you're predicting who will win a game. You're either wrong or you're right. There is no, well, I guess you could be a tie, but you'd still be wrong or right. If you say someone's going to win and they tie, that means you were wrong. So there's only wrong or right when it comes to deciding who's going to win. But you can be yet so, so close with just about everything else. And the, it's so weird. In the betting world, I had a good day yesterday. Um, predicted the under to hit. Ching. Uh, predicted the Steelers to cover. Ching. Although they were very lucky to do so. Um, all kinds of things. I had the Rashid Shahid over 39 yards or whatever it was receiving. Ching. Good day, betting-wise. But... No one remembers any of that stuff. They just remembered who you said was going to win and who you said was going to lose. And I said the Saints would lose, and I was wrong. I am Jim Derry, just to let you know. To, let's get it all out there. Sports betting writer at the Times Picky and the advocate at bet.nola.com. This is Datitude, episode number 168 for a Tuesday, September the 19th, 2023. Out a little bit later, I had trouble getting up this morning. I don't know what's going on. Um, I think it's like once it was the same thing last week on Monday. It's like after the game, it doesn't matter if it, I guess it doesn't matter if it's played early in the afternoon or later in the evening. It doesn't matter. The next day, I'm like hungover from the entire. I thought last week it was because it was everything from the, you know, doing all the preseason stuff and that week one stuff, and it all combined and. It was no surprise that I was super tired last week after the game. It's like, okay, it's over. Get in the routine. But it's like the same thing this morning. You know, I slept long enough. I just didn't sleep well enough, I guess. So, I don't know. Maybe I was wondering what I was going to tell you guys on Datitude this morning. I don't think that's it, but who knows. We are going to hear from Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. Derek Carr had one of the best comments to me. Um last night listening to the post game and I could have put some other ones on here but I don't want this podcast to be too long today I wanted it to be a short one especially since this is a special Tuesday edition um Derek Carr had and I just a fantastic comment and I I am more encouraged by what I see by Derek Carr on a day-to-day -day basis he did he he made just a dumb 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 throw last night and it's the kind of dumb throw that Breeze would have never made. And, and I say this all the time. I have to remind myself sometimes. Drew Breeze is gone and he's never coming back. You know, I say that probably, I don't know, once every three weeks, maybe once a month. During football season, I probably say it every other week. Drew Breeze is gone and he's never coming back. But you don't have to have Drew Breeze to win a Super Bowl championship. I mean, you have to have a good quarterback. Uh, except in rare cases, Trent Dilfer uh, comes to mind. I mean, Joe Flacco wasn't the greatest quarterback ever. 
I mean, Jeff Hostetler won a Super Bowl, I believe. You want to go back in time. I mean, Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls, and was he the one of the greatest? One of the, was he one of the top even fifty quarterbacks that's ever lived? I don't think so. So anyway, Derek Carr to me is exactly what this franchise needs, and to listen to him last night is part of the proof because. Sure, you, you need a quarterback that's great on the field, but you need a quarterback that's just great all around. And is, is what, it's just what this team needs. And he, he has a quote, and it's going to be coming up very shortly when I get into Derry's Don. Um, but it was, a, it was a weird weekend, man. Not just the Saints uh, game, but because actually the Saints weren't weird because it, was, it went almost exactly as I said it would go, except for the final score. It was almost... Um, a repeat of last week, except what did they do differently in this game? They said, you know what? And it wasn't just because Jamal Williams got hurt and he only had nine carries and he exited after nine carries. But it was clear from the get-go that they were going to use Taysom Hill. Again, we're going to get into that in Derry's Don. Um, all coming up. So we will hear from Dennis Allen and Derek Carr in just a minute. But it was a weird weekend. And one thing... I want to talk about the Saints first, but just to let you know what's coming up after my dime, because I cannot let this go without talking about it. There were some weird things that went on in the NFL that make you go, hmm. And I'm a sports betting writer, so don't get me wrong. I'm not going to try to cast a doubt on the betting world. But there are definitely some times, and I'm not calling it, and I'm not saying the... Anything is F-I-X-E-D. I don't even want to say the word. But there were some things this weekend that really made you go, hmm. One in particular. Three, three games all together, but one in particular that I'm going to talk about when I'm done with the Don. Let's get into the Don. Okay, it's not scripted again, by the way. I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to start doing it without scripting it. Because there are things that, you know... I'll, after it's over, I'll say, oh, I wish I would have said such and such or whatever, but I think it comes out better when I don't script it. So here we go. Um, you know, it's kind of like, again, I started last week with the negatives, so I don't want to start with the negatives again this week. I want to start with the positives. And the number one positive from Monday night's game, because I blasted him all of last season, I want to give him credit when I think credit is due. And there were people last week that were talking bad about Pete Carmichael. I'm not using the name that I used for him before because it's not fair to him if I think he improves. And so far in two games, I think that Pete Carmichael, the play calling, not just because they're 2-0, but I think, and Derek Carr obviously helps that, but they have done... I thought, I thought an excellent job of taking what they did last week and turning it into something even better this week and finding a way to incorporate Taysom Hill. One thing that drives me bonkers, and someone asked me this, and I don't even know the answer, but, you know, there were so many people last week, oh, they're just not going to use Taysom Hill? No, they're going to do exactly what they did with Taysom Hill before. That does drive me a little crazy. And Taysom Hill will carry the ball twice for 12 yards in one game. And then the next game, like last night, nine carries for 75 yards. And he completed a pass for eight yards. He actually caught a pass for a minus one yard as well. He was targeted twice. But the clear entering the game saying we're going to use Taysom Hill because whatever they saw in film against this Panthers team, they knew that they could run the ball. Well, the Falcons gave him the blueprint, right? And people say there's no Bijan Robinson and there's no Tyler Algier on this Saints team. And that's most certainly true. However, Taysom Hill's a different kind of dude. Taysom Hill could be kind of the guy you're looking for, and there was clear they want to use him from the get-go. Again, not just because Jamal Williams got hurt, and by the way, nine carries for 29 yards before he got hurt with a long of seven. That ain't good. I mean, it's a little better than last week, but it's basically the same as last week. Tony Jones Jr., 
you know, all the talk about Tony Jones Jr. and how great he was. I mean, I, look, I mean, he did get into the end zone. But, I mean, 12 carries for 34 yards ain't going to cut it either. Again, he scored twice. He just so happened to score twice. He had one run in particular. His long was six. You might not even know that by watching what he did. There's going to be a lot of talk about, oh, Tony Jones Jr. could be a nice, fresh breath of air. Yeah, he didn't. 12 carries for 34 yards. I mean, I'm no rocket scientist. Uh, I don't need a calculator to tell me that's less than three yards a carry. Shaw math is working again. Um, Derek Carr was efficient. He was just below what Vegas said he would do. His over-under in passing last night was 230.5. Well, if you bet the over, you lost by two and a half yards. 21 of 36 for 228 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception, a really bone-headed interception. Um, but Taysom Hill, is, to me, is the number one positive. But it doesn't overshadow just how damn good that defense was again. They destroyed Bryce Young. 22 of 33 for 153 yards. He was sacked four times. You know, someone said another thing. Since I'm going to tell you that I was wrong, I'm also going to tell you when I'm right. I said on the Bayou Bet Show that I thought there would be at least eight sacks in this game combined. Guess how many there were? Eight on the nose. Derek Carr was sacked four times. We're going to get to the negative. It's coming. Bryce Young was sacked four times. The defense was just as good this week as they were last week. And, you know, I ask the question in the headline, are the first two Saints games a glimpse of what 2023 will be like? Well, I mean, I think the answer has to be at this point, and we don't want to overreact because overreaction after week two isn't much better than overreaction after week one. I think you have to go at least four games before you can really get a true uh, judge of how good a team is or how good, a, how bad a team is. You don't want to get too high on a team after two games, and you certainly don't want to get too low on them either. But I do think that this this is a glimpse of what this defense is going to be like. And the reason being is the same as I said in the previews, which is why I believe it. They don't play any good quarterbacks. The Saints don't play any good quarterbacks, really. Unless you consider Trevor Lawrence a good quarterback? I don't think so. I think the best quarterback on this regular season list, and this is saying something, I truly believe this. I think the best quarterback the Saints will face all year long on their regular season schedule is Kirk Cousins. And maybe, maybe, it could be by the end of the year, I don't think he is right now, next week's opponent, Jordan Love. That's saying something. Because I think both of those guys are probably at the bottom of the above average tier. I don't think either one of those guys is better than Derek Carr. I'm being sincere. I really don't. So that's why I think that the first two games could give you a blueprint. If you go and try to pick out some teams that, look, this is the blueprint. This is what we're going to do, and it's going to work like it's been working. Saints are one of them. Problem is, I think one of them also could be the Atlanta Falcons because they have the same kind of schedule that the Saints have. Desmond Ritter sucks. I'm sorry. I know he's only played six NFL games, but, dude, I'll be surprised if he turns into anything. Again, I don't want to overreact. Six games in your NFL career, that's early. But, uh, I mean, he finally found Drake London. That took him a while. Oh, number five, he's pretty good. He still hasn't figured out he's got Kyle Pitts, who on a real team, like if the Saints had Kyle Pitts, I mean, nothing against Jawan Johnson or Foster Morrow, but if the Saints had Kyle Pitts, <laughs> make a big difference in this offense. Uh, need extra coffee this morning. So that's the good. The good is, and I don't even need to single anyone out in the defense unless you want to sing out uh, Carl Granderson, who has been the best defensive player so far this year. It's only two games. But maybe, maybe I shouldn't say it like that. Maybe he's the 
the biggest surprise. The Saints they always seem to have some rusher that comes out of nowhere. And not that Granderson necessarily came out of nowhere, but I don't think anyone, again, it's only two games. But when he's on a national primetime broadcast and they're like calling his name out several times to talk about how really good he is. I mean, that's saying something. So, and they did that a lot. Lewis Riddick was loving him some Carl Granderson last night. And rightfully so. So that's the good. The bad is the same thing it was before. I, tweet, I had one tweet last night. One tweet. I said it last week. I said it this week. I'll say it here on the show again. And my mind isn't changed. And if they don't do something about it, it's going to stop this team from being anything special. And I'm dead serious. If they don't make a change at left tackle, this team will not win anything that means anything. Trevor Penning is going to get Derek Carr killed. Of course, I'm being overdramatic, and I don't mean killed in the literal sense, but he's going to get Derek Carr injured. I'm not exaggerating with that. He is getting blown up. Not all four sacks were his fault, but they have... The Saints have had to completely alter the way they play defense for the second straight week. He was so bad in the first half, they had to change the way they protected in the second half. And it looked like he was better, but only because they changed the protection scheme. You can't change, completely change your protection scheme because one guy is that bad. You have to put someone else there. It doesn't take a rocket scientist or someone who's never coached football to figure that out. If someone's getting destroyed, his ass is coming out of the game. I don't understand what's so difficult about that. And I said going in last week that, okay, you give the dude a semi-pass. You don't give him a pass because he got, I mean, blown the F up in week one by Arden Key. And you're like, oh, this week is Brian Burns. It was worse. I think the first half he played, I mean, people were saying, oh, he's playing better. No, he's not. He didn't play any better this week. Who th why would anyone say he played better this week? He didn't play better. They had four sacks again. You can't, have, you can't give up four sacks in a game on a regular basis. You, you simply can't give up four sacks in a game. You cannot have your quarterback... Because this doesn't count the hits. You can't have your quarterback sacked 68 times in a season and expect them to not get hurt at some point. Because, again, you're talking about that's not even counting the hits. That's how many times he actually goes down. Just can't do it. If it wasn't for the Saints' defense yesterday, the Saints would have had no chance to win that game. And Derek Carr basically told you that. This is the quote I'm talking about. One of my favorite quotes in the last, I don't know, year or so. Any team that I talked to was a team with a defense, you know. And, you know, when I, I played these guys, you know, I've play, I knew DA. You know, I, I know what it's like and how difficult it is. And um, all I want to do is win, you know. And so I was like, shoot, if I can go there and have a day like today. Ha, ha, didn't play my best in the first half. Come back play good in the second half and win a game like I didn't have to be perfect for four quarters and we won like that that is awesome um, I don't like that still you know we won but it's still six I, I should have played better I, I can help the offense more I can do you know you, you sit back and you I'm already analyzing it right uh, but to have that defense to hold us keep us in there until we got clicking in the second half I mean it helped us it helped us win the football game what, uh, what happened uh, well, yeah, I saw him coming down. I saw Chris going behind him. And when I saw him step down, I didn't even – it was a terrible read. You know, he – I knew he didn't have anything affecting him. I should have known he was going going to get back there. I saw Chris. I threw it. And as soon as I threw it, I was like, you idiot. You know, like, I, it was terrible. It was my fault all the way. So, he tells you, and we knew this already, he's never played – I mean, we've said this a bunch of times. He's never played – people give Derek Carr grief. 
Raiders, a lot of Raiders fans don't. If you go and listen to Raiders fans, they, they like Derek Carr. I mean, I'm not going to go say as far as say they love him. But you can't blame a quarterback for not winning. Oh, he never won anything in his career. Well, he's never had a defense that was better than ranked 20th. That's not an exaggeration. In nine seasons, he never had one defensive unit that was ranked higher than 20th. And the average was somewhere around 25 or 26th, which means he was playing with one of the worst defenses in the NFL every year of his career until now. And he tells you that. He doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the NFL. He doesn't have to be one of the best eight quarterbacks in the NFL. This defense plays like they played. And I'm taking a little break from the negative on Trevor Penning that I was involved in a minute ago. But if this defense plays like it played the first two games, the Saints will undoubtedly be in the playoffs, most likely win the NFC South, and be a factor in the playoffs because of what Derek Carr just said. And I like the fact, look, second week in a row, he makes two boneheaded throws. You can't really do that every week either because one of them is going to come at a really costly time. You certainly can't do it in games that mean, really mean something. Two weeks in a row now, he's had a really boneheaded interception. He told you. I mean, it's, he's, he's owning up to it. He's not hiding anything. Another thing I love, he's straightforward, tells you. Didn't talk much about the O-line last night because no one really asked him all that much, at least not in the part that I heard. I listened about the first 10, 12 minutes of it, and then I didn't go any further. So he may have, they may have asked him something. But see, to me, if I were a beat writer, as good as the win was, if, if we go six minutes and no one's asking you about being on your backside four times, not counting the hits, you're going to ask that question. Someone should ask it. Too many nice guys in the media. I, I, it's not, look. Again, I don't want to harp on negatives. There was certainly one thing I will say about this game that I didn't say about the first game. There, there was a big difference besides the fact that it's a division rival and this was a more important victory. <clears throat> I thought overall the Saints played better this week than they played in week one. Part of that is because I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I think teams need to play more in the preseason. I think starters need to play more in the preseason. I truly believe that. I'm not saying you need to go, I'm, and I've said this before, I'm not hiding anything. I, I, I think that if you go out and play a series a game, or at least maybe a series in the first game, a series or two in the second game, and then in the third game you play like a quarter and into the second quarter, that would be fine. But you're talking about a whole new offense with a new quarterback, and he only played one series. That's not enough time to gel. I mean, I know you're risking injury, but you're always risking injury. You could risk injury in a practice. You risk injury getting out of your car, going to dinner. I mean, come on. Guys used to play in the preseason all the time. And again, yes, injuries happen in the preseason, but they happen in practice as much as they happen in a game. They really do. at least in preseason games. I mean, you go back and tell me some major injuries from preseason. And, yeah, there are some. But there are also same in, kind of injuries in practice. So, anyway, that's a whole different story. I'm not going to go on that tangent today. But I thought the Saints were a lot better in this game, um, if anything else, because of Taysom Hill. Now, we may go to next week and play the Packers, and Taysom Hill only has two carries again. But Pete Carmichael, I think, has a plan at least, and he went into this game knowing that they were going to need to use Taysom Hill. At some point, they're going to unleash Taysom Hill. I don't mean this in a funny way, but he's going to throw four or five passes in a game because you've got to keep those defenses off balance. They talked about it last night. I think it was Ryan Clark who asked the question, what happens more times than not, and it's way more than even more times than not, when Taysom Hill is in the shotgun. He runs the football. He ran it nine times last night. He only threw it once. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, well, 90% of the time, 
When Taysom Hill's back there, he's going to run. A good defense is going to figure that out. And really, I'm surprised that Carolina didn't kind of see that coming because I think Carolina has a good defense. For some reason, and a division opponent shouldn't be surprised by this, and if I were doing whatever the Panthers' version of Datitude was, and I'd be calling that out, how can a division, division opponent be surprised by Taysom Hill? They shouldn't be. But they were. They thought they were going to get the same kind of offense that they had la uh, last week, and it was different. It was Taysom Hill. What will we see next week? The last week without Alvin Kamara. Going against Jordan Love. That Panthers, uh, excuse me, that Packers defense, for the most part, has played well. They allowed Atlanta to come back last week, leading 24-12. to 12. So they're going to be pretty ticked off in their home opener. They're going to be fired up. What am I going to predict? I have no idea. Jordan Love has been without some weapons. We'll talk about that later in the week. Christian Watson, namely, and he didn't have Aaron Jones this week, and not only almost one should have won. Two straight weeks now, again, the defense, their Packers defense played well for seven out of the last eight quarters. The problem is for them, one of them was the fourth quarter of Sunday's loss to the Falcons. They're one and one, and they're pissed off. But, uh, you know, look, these Saints... Um, I'm going to get off the Trevor Penning thing because I know people get tired of hearing the same thing. But uh, what did I say last week about coach speak? Coaches have to be honest with themselves. They have to be honest with us. Again, you don't have to call out a guy and say a guy sucks or a guy sucked because there's a difference between guy sucks and a guy sucked. I mean, this I could say this show sucked on Tuesday, but if you say this show sucks, then I'm probably not going to have any more listeners because that means it sucks as a whole, right? Which one is Trevor Penning? I'm not ready to say it's going a little far to say that he's that he sucks sucks. Did you listen to what Travers Mackle oh, Travers. I keep calling Fletcher Travers. Did you listen to what Fletcher Mackle said on Monday? Remember Charles Brown? Back in the day, Sean Payton, first-round draft pick. Payton gave him about five or six games. Didn't work out, and he pulled the plug and sent him on his merry way. And Sean Payton is one stubborn son of a bitch. Dennis Allen, you don't have that luxury. You can't keep putting Trevor Penning in there if it turns out that he sucks and not sucked. Big difference. I think that's huge. Um, you know, certainly it wasn't as clean as we still would like it to be. Um, but yet at the same time, you know, I saw some improvement in a few areas. And, and um, you know, it, look, we're just going to have to keep working and keep grinding to keep, you know, continue to get better. But as we do that, to be able to get wins going along the way is, is, uh, is a good problem to have. So um, I thought we ran the ball better in this game. I uh, thought, you know, overall, I thought we ran the ball effectively. I thought we were, again, able to get some explosive plays down the field, um, you know, particularly there in the second half. Um, you know, and, and I thought, you know, defensively, you know, probably with exception of the last drive, I thought we played uh, pretty well. Yeah, probably the, the biggest common theme is, is uh, we hadn't done as good, as good a job protecting the quarterback early on in the, in the game. Um, and as the game goes on, I think our guys have gotten – gotten better at that and improved on that. So, um, look, we got you know, a lot of new pieces on the, on the offensive side of the ball, you know. Um, got a new runner playing back there. Um, you know, we got, um, you know, Mike Thomas coming back. We got a new quarterback, you know. So there's just some, you know, new left tackle. There, there's, some, there's some, you know, growth that's going to come with, with, with our football team. And, and here's the deal. I mean, look, these games are all uh, – you know, they're won as a team and they're lost as a team. And I thought, um, you know, these last two weeks we've been able to put together two good team wins. That was better. That was way better than last week, and I appreciate that. But that's still, I mean, that, that about, that's about the most you're going to get of him talking about the offensive line. We got a new left 
tackle. Come on. Come on, someone ask him about Trevor Penning getting blown the F up. Come on. I mean, I'll be there in two weeks, Saints-Bucks game. If he still sucks, I'm going to ask him. I mean, I'm not saying you got to ask him in a confrontational way or be a dick about it. That's not what I'm saying at all. There are ways to ask and be subtle about it. And, but you know, I mean, and, and, Juan, and that was Juan Kincaid asking that question, and you didn't hear the question. But, I mean, I, I, that w maybe that was his subtle way of asking, and it led Dennis Allen into talking about it. And you're, look, you're not going to get a whole lot of negative responses from a win anyway. And I'm not, a, I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't. I'm not even, you notice that my dime isn't nearly as negative as it was last week. Because when you go 2-0, you win two, two games in a row. I mean, we don't want to put a lipstick on a pig. Just because you win a game, that doesn't mean that you're, you, know, you, you beat Carolina. And I might be wrong about them. You know, I might be wrong may, mostly about Bryce Young because... He certainly didn't look NFL-ready last night. I don't know that I've seen, I mean, has any NFL rookie quarterback so far looked NFL-ready? You know, it's funny because when he got injured on Sunday, but maybe the best one of the bunch has been the one that I've dissed on the most, and that's Anthony Richardson. Maybe that's partly because of the way Shane Steichen is used him and not let him make mis big mistakes. You know, that's, that's not, we're still talking about the Saints, we're still in the dime, so that's not part of my weirdness of week two. And Anthony Richardson, again, he got hurt in the second quarter. He's out and I'm not sure what his status is for next week. But he may be the best of the bunch so far. Jordan Love looked lost in so, at some time, at certain times. Again, 22 of 33, 153 yards and a touchdown. But how many of those yards came on that last drive? I think most of them. In fact, as I click on the play-by-play -play here, if you go to the, the Panthers' last drive, 11 plays, 75 yards, and I'm trying to see if there was any runs. No, all, all passes. So it was all 75 yards came from passing. So, you know, that, that's misleading. Take 75 yards out of there. You know, under 100 yards passing for the Panthers. I mean, the Saints can't play much better defense than they played the first two. I'm talking about as a whole for two weeks straight. They're getting turnovers. They didn't get what well, they only got one last night. Yeah, one. But that's four for the season now. They only had three interceptions all of last year. They had three in, first, in the first week. By the way, if you bet that Bryce Young interception prop, you lost that too. But uh, look, we see the blueprint, whether this is going to work all season long or whether teams are going to catch up to it, I'm not sure we know the answer to that yet, but we see the blueprint. The question for this coaching staff as we finish out the dime here, the question for this coaching staff is going to be if they can adjust and throw enough new wrinkles at their opponents because Look, NFL teams figure things out pretty quickly. The Saints did a really good job, I thought, Pete Carmichael especially, of finding ways to use Taysom Hill and run him maybe a little bit differently that the Panthers obviously weren't ready for it. Nine carries for 75 yards. If you run nine carries for 75 yards, you're fooling the defense. Or they're just that bad, and I don't think the Panthers are just that bad. Meanwhile, Derek Carr was just good enough. But they've got to figure something out on the offensive line. They can't be stubborn about it. I, I like Dennis Allen's press conference. I like what he said better in this one. Even if it was super subtle, I don't think he's going to be stubborn. We'll see. But if they have one more game like this, win or lose, if they're 3-0 and and Derek Carr gets sacked four times again, you've got to make some sort of change whether you want to or not. 
just because you're winning doesn't mean you don't make a change. Because after this week is Tampa Bay, and although I think that 2-0 is a complete facade, I, I tried to find the words last week, canard, whatever you want to, whatever you, mirage, whatever word you want to use, Tampa Bay ain't a 2-0 kind of team. But they do have a decent defense, and they certainly have a good defensive front, front seven. That's coming up in a couple weeks. And Green Bay does too. So unless Trevor Penning gets better in a hurry, this 2-0 start is going to be back in the rearview mirror very soon. That's Derry's dime. Oh, look, 2-0, first time since 2013. It's nothing to sneeze at. It's super important. I mean, you think about, in context, what 2-0 does for you. It may sound like, you know, even to people like me, who, you know, I take everything with a grain of salt in life. But you think about what 2-0 does for you, it means you only got to go 8-7 and seven the rest of the way to go 10-7. and seven. Boy, you're a genius, Derry. You did that that quick? Yeah, that quick. Just like just like that. I mean, you only got to go 9 and 6 to go 11 and 6. What's it going to take to win this division? I said in the preseason, I thought a minimum of 10 games, you need to win a minimum of 10 games. It's not a coincidence that three teams are 10 and 0. I mean, 2 and 0, excuse me. It may not be the three teams I thought would be 2 and 0. Or at the top of this, if you had told me three teams are going to be 2-0 and and one's going to be 0-2 without looking at a schedule. Now, obviously, the Saints played the Panthers and Atlanta played the Panthers. So, you know, you could have done some deductive reasoning. But if you would have just taken the schedule out and just said, look, you're going to have three teams 2-0 and and one's going to be 0-2 without looking at a schedule, I would have told you it would have been the Saints, Carolina, and Atlanta. I would have got two of them right. I certainly wouldn't have thought Tampa Bay was going to be 2-0 and with the opening schedule that they have, Atlanta, uh, Minnesota, and then the Bears. Boy, Justin Fields. Whoo. Bad. Bad. I should have. Boy, I went four in one of my best bets this week, going off for a second. Uh, I was wrong about the Bears, man. I thought they were going to be a little better. Justin Fields, he looks lost. You want to talk about quarterback that was lost. Ohio State, man. Ohio State quarterbacks. What did C.J. Stroud do this past weekend? Whew. Yikes. When's the last? Who is the best Ohio State quarterback ever to play in the NFL? I'll give you a second to think about it. You don't know? Me either. I don't know either. I have no idea. I mean, I'm not going to sit here. We're not going to use Derry's, uh, Derry's not. We're not going to use the Datitude podcast and I guess I could hit pause and go do some research, but I'm, it's Tuesday morning. i got a lot of things to do. This podcast is already out a little later than I, than I thought it would be. I don't know the answer to that. But uh, those teams are in a world of hurt, aren't they? Both of them are 0-2. The Bears and the Texans are 0-2. Three NFC South teams, 2-0. and All those predictions of... Ooh, eight and nine might win the NFC South. They weren't looking at schedules. They weren't looking at whether teams improved or not. There was, there was no doubt that the Saints improved in the offseason. Zero doubt the Saints improved in the Because if you improve at quarterback, which there's no doubt. Anyone who thinks the Saints didn't improve, and I'm talking about before the season started. It's easy to say when you're 2-0, sure. I mean, anyone who thinks the Saints didn't improve in the offseason simply because they got a quarterback that was head and shoulders better than the one that played most of last year and was wearing white and blue and black yesterday on the Panthers' sideline and actually got in for a play. Anyone who didn't think it was a massive upgrade at quarterback from that is insane and should stop watching football. Go feed the pigeons on Sunday. Go find something else to do because you don't know what you're talking about. That alone makes this team better. And then Atlanta, look, maybe I was wrong. You know, I said I didn't think Atlanta, maybe they didn't. Look, some of the things they did coaching-wise, Arthur Smith, I think, he had some boneheaded calls. They worked. They're 2-0. Is it going to work against good teams? I doubt it. Is it going to work going forward, going for fourth down at the craziest, dumbest times? I doubt it. 
But who am I? I don't know. Maybe this new NFL, maybe I'm wrong and maybe they're right. I know Brandon Staley sucks and he loves to do that kind of crap. I know Nick Sirianni, who brought his team to the Super Bowl, I'm starting to think that was, and again, I don't want to overreact, so I'm not ready to say this yet. But I said before the season, I thought Dallas is the best team in the division. They won 12 games last year. I think they're going to win at least 12 games this year. I think they're going to the Super Bowl in the NFC. That's not an overreaction because I said it before the season. I'm not going to, I certainly wouldn't change my opinion from the two whitewashings that they've given the two New York teams. I don't know that the Jets would have been much better this weekend with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Do you? I don't think so. But there was some, before I let you go uh, today, so you can tell me, you know, we'll talk more about this on Friday, Thursday show, Best Bets with Uncle Big Nick. We'll go over our best bets, and we both had good weeks. And then on Friday, we'll be back with Larry Holder previewing Saints Packers and talking about the week in the NFL. Um, but there were some weird things that went on this weekend. The number one weird thing, you know, and again, I don't want to, I, it would take an insane amount of craziness and just befuddledness for me to use the word F-I-X-E-D on this show, especially since I'm a sports betting writer. But there are a lot of people saying, I don't, and it, I don't, it never got a whole lot of play. I watched Bad Beats last night, and I was certain that this was going to be on Bad Beats. And maybe it'll be on, maybe they'll talk about it later in the week, Scott Van Pelt on ESPN. If you don't know the segment that I'm talking about, every, I think he does it more than, I just notice it on Mondays. I, it's really the only time I really watch SportsCenter is on Monday nights, and the only reason why I watch it is for Bad Beats. But if you don't gamble, you don't even know what a bad beat is. But basically what a bad beat would be, for those who don't know, is when... Victory appears to be all but certain, like let's say 90% or more. And then something really weird happens and you go, you got to be kidding me. So anyway, this, the main one that I'm talking about had no, it had no bearing on the outcome of the game itself. The team that won was going to win regardless and the team that lost was going to lose regardless. However... An insignificant, would seem to be insignificant to those who don't gamble at the end of a game, makes those who do um, throw their hands up and say, what the hell was that? And the play I'm talking about, again, you can go look it up, on whether it be on social media or find it. It's not hard to find. Or if you go on Twitter, you can find people talking about it. I'm just surprised it hasn't been talked about more. And the, even the announcers, and I don't remember who they were, would be fought like, what the hell are they doing? And it was the Rams who were trailing 30 to 20 on their final drive, trying to drive down the field. Now, logic tells you that if you're going to try to kick a field goal and then get an onside kick, the way you would do it is you would get to about the 35 or so kick the field goal, hopefully have like at least 20 seconds left at the bare minimum. So you can try to put some kind of drive, maybe have two, get an onside kick, get a play or two, and then throw it in the end zone. I mean, the chances of you winning, of tie, even tying that game, are like, I don't know, 0.2%. But it beats 0%, right? You know, let's say it's 0.8% even. So what the Rams did makes zero sense. Which Sean, and I would want, I don't know if anyone asked Sean McVay this question or not. I haven't had a chance to look at it, um, trying to get ready, you know, having my regular Monday stuff, getting ready for the Saints. And I heard, I didn't really even hear about it all that much until, I didn't realize it until yesterday evening. So I haven't gone to, had a chance to go look if Sean McVay said anything about it, but I don't think he has. But the Rams complete a pass at about the, I don't know, 33-yard line of San Francisco. Clock stopped, 18 seconds left. Had a chance, should have kicked the field goal then. If you're trying to win the game, you kick a 50-yard field goal, and then you get the onside kick, 
and you have a chance to win the game. Not a very good one, but you got a chance to win. What the Rams did was it, it, it only makes people wonder and raise their eyebrows. And the people who hate gambling, they'll use this, 100% will use this at some point somewhere, will use this. The Rams complete a pass, another pass, 18 seconds left. They get up to the line of scrimmage. They throw another pass, gain, I don't know, gain 12 or 15, whatever it was, 12 or 15 yards. And they don't have any timeouts left. So they run up to the line and they spike it with four seconds left. Now, first of all, when you, there's that little time left and you lose them by 10, you don't need to spike it. You just say, okay, we lost, walk off the field. What is getting three points out of that going to do for you? Nothing. But they trotted out their field goal kicker. The announcers were like, what are you doing? There's going to be 0.0 seconds left when this kick's made or missed. You're not even going to get a kickoff. And that's exactly what happened. They kicked the field goal. He made it. 30-23. to 23. You're asking, what's the significance? Well, in Las Vegas, the 49ers were anywhere from an 8 to a nine-point favorite. So if he doesn't kick the field goal, those who bet on the 49ers won their bet because they were given eight or nine points or eight and a half points. But the dude kicks the field goal and all the bet and trust me, the majority of the bets were absolutely unquestionably on the San Francisco 49ers in that game. If he doesn't kick the field goal, those who those 70% or so that bet on the 49ers win their bet. But he does kick the field goal, and who wins? Las Vegas. Not saying it was F-I-X-E-D. In fact, I don't think it was. But you have to, those are the kinds of things that throw up things in people's minds. Makes people wonder. Certainly a question there. The other one that uh, really makes you wonder and stick out, and I mean, we're running to the time where I want to end this show, so we'll, we'll, we'll bring this up again, I'm sure, at some other time. But did you, I, I don't know you did, because it brought joy to a lot of people's hearts. The end of the Commanders and Broncos game. First of all, the Broncos blew a huge lead. They had no business losing that game. Uh, score, let's see, at the half it was 21 to 14, and I think they later led 24 to 14. But anyway, the commanders come back. Sam Howell was 27 to 39 for 299 yards and two touchdowns. He was also sacked four times. Russell Wilson was sacked seven times. So we're complaining about the Saints. Russell Wilson was sacked seven times. But anyway, end of the game, the Broncos are trailing by eight. They get to the 50, and I talked about this briefly yesterday. They throw it into the end zone. All the Denver dudes got, I mean, all the Washington dudes got to do is knock it down. They had two chances to knock it down. Instead, the second guy's going for a pick for some unknown reason. Doesn't get it. They score. It's a two-point game. Now, the questionable thing that makes you go, hmm, is on the two-point conversion, there is zero doubt. And I mean zero doubt, no matter how you look at it, no matter who you want to win or lose, no matter whether you bet or didn't bet, that it was pass interference. Didn't call it. I don't care if it's the, and again, it's the last play of the game. It's got to be egregious to call it. It was egregious. You got to call it. It was pass interference. Should have been called. Maybe the refs had an early dinner date. Maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe they're just bad refs. I don't know the answer to it. They didn't call it. Obvious play last night, Monday Night Football. Did you watch the end of the Steelers-Browns game? By the way, thoughts and prayers to Nick Chubb. Uh, gruesome injury. He's done for the year at the bare minimum. Hopefully that's all it is, is the, is the end of his season and not the end of his career because he had a brutal leg injury. But the end of the game, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Brown's trying to come back, trailing 26-22. Fourth down, 
pass to Donovan's Peoples, Donovan Peoples-Jones along the sideline. Joey Porter Jr. clearly, clearly grabbing the jersey. Makes you go, hmm, no call. Are the officials that bad? I don't know. Good question. All things to watch for going forward. Makes you wonder sometimes. Again, not using that word, but it certainly makes you wonder. Three, And that's just three things. I've seen some weird things go on this. It has been, and I'm not, say, I'm not just saying, it has been a super strange first two weeks of the season. I think it's going to be fun. Again, the football is supposed to be fun, and it has been, but super strange. We'll see if, it, if it's that way going forward. Uh, I don't have any guests to thank because it was just me. It's hard to believe I went this long by myself, but those of you who listen know I can talk. How are we going to go out today? Well, one thing the Saints have been doing, if you're Bryce Young or you're Ryan Tannehill, you shouldn't be singing Hit Me With Your Best Shot, but the Saints were given their best shots, and they probably will continue to do so. Uh, we know the Saints team can hit. Carl Granderson is hitting. Pete Warner is hitting. Demario Davis is hitting. Defensive backfield have played well again. Very well. Got to like this defense. You can say what you want. Maybe Trevor Penning needs to learn how to hit someone with his best shot and not just stand there and, oh, oh where's the guy? Anyway, all right. Thursday, we'll be back. It's a four-datitude week. Uncle Big Nick will be with us on Thursdays. We will offer our best bets. We went a combined seven and three this week, boys and girls. Just saying, if you're not listening, you're not winning money, we're giving you some free money. You should listen. Then on Friday, Larry Holder, the athletic, will be back as we preview Saints Packers and talk about the best games to watch for NFL Week 3. We hope you have a wonderful week. A short one. We'll be back in a couple days, 48 hours. We'll see you on Thursday. Peace and love, my friends.